Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Inman, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Pastor here at Orange, and last Sunday I was not here. I had an opportunity to go back and preach a homecoming at a church uh, that I was at 20 years ago. And anytime that I say that I was doing something 20 years ago, I'm reminded how old I am. And so it was strange to be back there and to to realize that when I was there 20 years ago, I had hair. Uh, I, I there was a less of me than what there is now, and so I've grown. I guess you could say, I've expanded, and so it was good to be there, but it was interesting because as I was there, uh, they had recently had a COVID exposure there at the church, and so they did something different. They, uh, I preached from the church steps, and everybody was out in their cars, and it was interesting because I had no, no ability to be able to see anybody. And I'm a person that likes to make eye contact with you. I like to see if you're awake. I like to see if you're with me. And so it was interesting to be preaching to a a parking lot. And it was strange. But I was excited to be able to be back there and to to be able to see that after the service, some of the people did get out of their cars and come and speak. But I'm so grateful for Rick Strunk. Last Sunday, we recognized Laity Sunday, and so Rick came and he preached and uh, offered a strong, powerful word, as he always does. I'm a part of Band of Brothers every Thursday morning. I have a chance at 7 o'clock in the morning to, to hear Rick as he teaches and leads us through that study. And so it's, it's such an impactful part of my routine. I look forward to Thursdays every week. And so last Sunday was a great opportunity for you to get to uh, be able to receive uh, some of Rick's teaching as he offered the message. And so thankful for that and all of our laity who helped lead the services last Sunday. So it is good to be back, though. Today we're beginning a new worship series called The Ships of Faith. And we recognize that as we practice our faith, that there are many different ships. When I say ship, I mean discipleship, membership, stewardship, and fellowship. And so the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at those ships and considering what that means for us. But before we go any further, let's go to God once again in prayer. God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks for the opportunity to be together today. We give thanks for your holy word as it has been read, and now as it is to be proclaimed. Lord, open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have prepared for us today. Transform the words that proceed from my mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they become the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this. In the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. On March 23rd of this year, there was a massive cargo ship that was trying to navigate through the Suez Canal. This cargo ship, as as it was carrying 17,600 containers of cargo, Carrying all sorts of things like Nike sneakers, Lenovo laptops, 
a hundred, over a hundred containers of some kind of inflammable liquid. There was Ikea furniture on it. All these things on this massive, massive ship. And as it just so happened, as the ship was attempting to navigate through the Suez Canal, winds began to really blow as there was this storm across the desert. Blowing the wind so strong that as this massive ship had so many cargo containers on top, it began to, to move like with a giant sail, almost moving it from side to side. In an attempt to try to correct and overcorrect, ultimately this massive, massive ship became stuck there in the Suez Canal. That gives you an idea of how massive the ship was as this huge piece of, of machinery is being, trying to be used to unwedge this ship. And it blocked up over 300 other cargo ships that were trying to make their way through the Suez Canal. Now, they would try to go through the Suez Canal because to navigate all the way down, all the way around the southern tip of Africa would add an additional Three weeks to any trip. And so, 300 ships were stuck waiting for this one ship to be, become uh, unstuck. You know, we, it caused this massive delay for six days. This massive backup of supply chain causing companies to lose thousands and thousands of dollars. And this idea of the supply chain and these ships that are backed up has been in the news once again this week. As I'm sure you've probably heard about the, all the record number of ships that are waiting off the coast of California. Trying to dock to be able to unload. All of this stuff, this supply chain, all these ships are just stuck. They're carrying important things. Carrying things that we need for Christmas. Carrying things that we are anticipating but the supply chain issues have just come to a stum complete stop. They're stuck. In our lives, a lot of times, we're kind of like these ships that get stuck. We find ourselves, we get stuck. We, get, uh, we run aground. We cause this backup. And we're carrying so many things. We're carrying the pressures of work. We're carrying the pressures of our family. We're carrying the pressures that we put on ourselves. We're carrying the pressures that the world puts on us. And as we're carrying all these things, we run aground. Or sometimes we get wedged and we get stuck. And when we get stuck, we back up all these things. The opportunity for us to be able to connect with others. We get backed up. And we can't, really un, we can't really free ourselves. Christ calls us into discipleship. Christ calls us to come and to follow him. In this passage of scripture that Brad read just a few moments ago, we have this first time when Jesus is calling his disciples. He's calling them to leave what they are doing and to come and to follow him. As we have that first call, we see that the disciples, two of them, are there on the boat. They're tending to their And Jesus calls them to come and to follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. What does it mean for us to, to follow Jesus and to become 
what he is calling us to be. As we're focusing on discipleship today, we are thinking about what it means to be a disciple. A disciple, when we think of the root word of disciple is discipio, which means student. And so, as followers of Christ, he is calling us to be disciples. He's calling us to be a student of Christ. And what does it mean for us to be a student? I mean, many of us think about when we left school that we were done learning, but we are called to be lifelong learners. And so, as we're called into discipleship, how are we living into that discipling? When Jesus calls us, to follow him, that means that we're going to begin to learn what Jesus would do. That's what students do. We, we learn what Jesus would do. And if sometimes in life, we get to this point that we don't want to learn anymore. And that's where we begin to get stuck. That's when we start backing things up in our lives. If you're not a part of some type of group where you are learning where others are helping to hold you accountable, then it's very likely that you might be, be, begin getting stuck. You might begin to be having things backed up. If you're not a part of something where you are being shaped and formed and molded and learning, I think God is calling us into that. He's calling us to learn and to be those disciples, to be those students. You know, the thing about the disciples is while they were in ministry with Jesus, those three years as they followed him around, as they heard him preach, as they heard him teach, as they witnessed him do the works, they were disciples, students. But ultimately, at Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit descended, they become apostles, which means that they were then sent. You can't be sent until you first have been a disciple. You can't be sent until you have first learned, walked in his ways. When we are disciples, that means we're learning to do what Jesus would do, to love who Jesus would love, to love in the way that Jesus would love, to serve in the way that Jesus did. Disciples means that we are actively learning under his tutelage, learning from him. When I think back to my days of school, when I think of what it meant to be a student, that meant textbooks. Well, as a disciple, we all have a textbook. Uh, you probably have one at home if you didn't bring it with you today. Our textbook, obviously, is the Scripture. And the Scriptures are so important for us to be able to look because this is the revelation of God to us today. This is the way it's been handed down from generation to generation. And today... I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you as disciples to turn to the textbook. Uh, there are opportunities for you to just go in and read the scriptures. And what I find fascinating is when I follow a disciplined plan of reading the Bible, it's amazing the way that I may read a passage that will come up into conversation later in that week or even later in that day. When we intentionally read the Bible, it's amazing how God speaks life into us. This textbook helps shape us and form us. This is the way, one of the ways that we live into being a disciple. Going back to school, I think about also that uh, being a student also meant that there was homework. <laughs> I hated homework. 
I'm sure you did too. I hated the times when the teacher would say and to hand in your homework or have to show it. But it was that homework that helped prepare us, helped prepare us for being that student. The homework for us, I believe, goes beyond just reading the scriptures. The homework, I believe, incorporates being a part of a study group. When I was in seminary and when I was an undergrad, there was no way that I could have ever passed through any of those classes without the help of other people. In fact, there's one friend to this day that I give all credit for passing my New Testament class in seminary because my son's, my oldest son had just been born a few days before the start of that semester. And that afternoon class, it was right after lunch, and it was in one of these large lecture halls, and the professor professor was an older gentleman with a beautiful, stately-sounding voice. And he would begin teaching, and I would begin snoozing. And in one of those classes, my Bible, which was one of these huge study Bibles, fell off the desk as I had gone to sleep, and I didn't even wake up. It startled the whole class except for me. And my, my friend who was sitting next to me, so she, called, she, she looked over and saw, and somebody was getting ready to wake me up. She said, no, let him sleep. He needs his rest. There was no way I would have gotten through that class without the help of a group of people. There's no way we can be the disciples God has called us to be without one another. Other people help shape and form us. Other people are the ones that help hold us accountable. Other people are the ones that help see, help us see when maybe we have gone astray. Other people are the ones that help lift us up when we have fallen down. We cannot be the disciples Jesus is calling us to be if we're not in a group with other people. I believe that's what the body of Christ is about. I believe that's the ways that we help lift and encourage one another. And the thing is, if you're not a part of a group, you're holding back the blessings that somebody else needs to receive. You're holding back, and that's a part of our homework, finding the ways that we can connect with one another. And so today, if you're practicing your faith, only reading the scriptures on your own, coming by yourself to worship, but you don't have a, a group, I want to challenge you today. I'm challenging you not just to read the scriptures, but I'm challenging you to find somebody to be in accountability with, uh, an accountability partner. Or maybe you can find a group to be a part of. Lyft is a women's group that meets on Tuesday nights. There's Sunday school opportunities that meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Uh, Band of Brothers meets every Thursday morning at 7 o'clock. And I doubt you have anything going on at 7 o'clock in the morning. Find a group or find somebody and say, let's partner together. Let's read through a, a, a book of the Bible together. Let's do something because we can't be shaped and formed on our own unless we have the body of Christ that is there doing it. And so, as I go back once again, I think about not only do we have homework, not only do we have te uh, textbooks, ultimately we have tests. Those tests that we faced in school, that we studied, we met with those, work, those groups. Ultimately, those tests came. And those tests showed how much of a student we had been. I think we all face tests. 
We face tests every day. We face these decisions that we have to make. Am I going to do this or am I going to do that? Am I going to follow the ways that Jesus would have me follow? Or am I going to follow my own heart, my own desires? The thing is, the more that we follow and read his scriptures, the more that we are held accountable by a group and being shaped and formed, it's amazing the way that our ways and our desires become much more in line with Christ. And we begin to live faithfully as the disciples that he's called us to be. You might find yourself in life right now at a point that you feel stuck. Maybe you feel like there's no traction, there's no movement. You get up week after week and you're not even sure what the point of it is. Maybe you're like that, one of those cargo ships that's carrying all this stuff and you don't know what to do. Today I want to invite you into discipleship. Today, as Jesus comes right into your midst and he says, come and follow me. I want to invite you. Maybe you think that you've been following him all your life, but maybe somewhere along the lines, things have gotten stuck. You've gotten in this rut. Maybe today is the day that we surrender. Maybe today is the day that we say, Jesus, I'm stuck in this rut. I'm stuck in this canal, and I cannot free myself. Maybe today is that day that we truly become disciples. When we surrender that to him, that's when Jesus comes and he sets us free. Today, this could be your day of being set free. All we have to do is surrender. Let us pray. God, we find ourselves so many times. We find ourselves in places we never anticipated and circumstances we never desired. We followed our own ways and we've gotten stuck. But God, we know that Jesus comes to set us free. We know that Jesus is the one who calls us to come and to follow him and to follow him means we leave our old ways behind. To follow him means that we're going to dig into your word as you've revealed yourself to us. To follow him truly means that we're going to, to be a part of something more than just ourselves. We're going to be a part of a group. We're going to be a partnership with others so that we can be shaped and formed into the disciples that you have called us to be. And in this relationship with one another, We'll be prepared. We'll be ready for whatever test may come. But it only begins when we drop our old ways. And we come and we follow you. Lord, help us today to be the disciple that you have called us to be. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.